Amen. Let's open our Bibles now. Let's go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 15. Follow with your eyes. I will read from verse number 11 all the way to verse number 24. Just follow with your eyes as I read. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24, the Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son had gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and, they were, and there uh, wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring either the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, uh, I'll continue reading all the way to the end. Verse number 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of, his, of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in, therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answered, answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son has, was come, we shall devour thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that I should make that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, 
and was lost and is and is found. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, um, for this passage of scripture and uh, showing us, O oh God, the compassion of the Father and the sinfulness of the Son. And we can see, Lord, how uh, remorseful uh, the Son um, to be uh, to, towards his Father. And Lord, uh, he humbled himself and the Father received him. What a glorious, glorious picture of your God um, to sinful people like us. And Lord, you have forgiven us of all our sins, even though we are sinful, and yet, Lord, you are so merciful upon us. And therefore, God, please help us to see um, the, 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 uh, the blessings of this passage of Scripture for us to learn and help your people also to understand so that, Lord, uh, we will be able to um, um, attune to those things that you want us to uh, to look into and that, Lord, we may be able to uh, live a life that is um, in conformity to your will. And I pray, O oh God, that um, you will bless these people. You will bless all of us. Give us more understanding, Lord, and open to us this um, scripture with a new um, uh, meat for um, the, the need of our soul. Strengthen us, O oh God, and thank you, Lord, uh, that you have given us the Holy Spirit that will help us to understand these things. And bless us tonight and give us a victory in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, we have this prodigal son um, again um, from time to time. Uh, we cannot help but you know, look into this um, account of the story and um, look at the blessing that we can find and uh, the similarity of approach and responses that we have also as children of God. We can find a lot of things here. We can, um, we can um, see a lot of um, behaviors and a lot of responses that for many uh, occasions we can, we can also see that we, we responded or we respond in the same, the same way, which uh, again um, will show us that will, will reveal our um, you know, uh, infirmities in our mind. Uh, how are we going to respond to certain situations? Like this, for example, um, this prodigal's brother. The prodigal's brother was very faithful to his dad, to his father. He's very faithful, unlike to the prodigal son who went away and, you know, gathered all those, uh, um, um, the estate of his father, even though the estate of the father was not supposed to be divided because the father is still alive. But he wanted his share, and, and after he gathered all his share, and then went off. And then right there, away from the father, away from the household of his father, just wasted all his substance, wasted all the money, wasted all of those things that was that, that the father, you know, gathered and, and accumulated over the years uh, of his strength. And then this prodigal son just wasted it. And here is this brother that is so uh, faithful to the father. The brother staying there and faithful, but yet he realized that, you know, he does not feel the blessing of being with the father. He complains in the end. He's saying, now I have been faithful to you this many years, but you're not giving me anything. Now, this, this son, this other son, has missed a lot of things. Being with the father, he cannot really feel that he is provided well. He, can, he cannot see the, 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 the blessing there, in, but what he can see is just envy and 
and and uh, and all this anger and and unforgiveness and resentment that's what he has all this time when when you when you really see the situation here it turned out to be after you read this passage of scripture it turned out to be that the son the prodigal son acted you know better than the prodigal's brother who stayed faithful he had forgotten all the blessings to be with the father and the father said son thou art ever with me you never left me you never turned me down every time i ask you paper you will always be there you're so faithful how is it that you think that you don't have anything all of these things my estate are yours now there are people really like that that they have forgotten how blessed they are within the father's house there are a lot of christians like that yeah they are they are faithful in the service of the lord but they cannot see the blessings of god in their lives and they complain because it seems like they have not been blessed but they are they are so blessed they just don't realize it when god said son thou art ever with me and all that i have is thine <laughs> but a lot of christians have forfeited the blessings of god because they just perhaps ignorant of god's blessing and i hope and pray that it's not us tonight being ignorant of God's blessing, we must know that we are so blessed in the in the house of the Lord. We are so blessed in the in the ministry of the Lord. The Lord has blessed us so much that you know I cannot imagine our lives to be apart from the ministry. I cannot imagine our lives to be you know wandering around Sunday morning and go to the beach and go to uh, watch movie and 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 go to places because that's what will happen without the church. And people that have no church, that's what they do. They just kill the time Sunday, relax, and then because they're preparing for the things that they hate sometimes. And that is work. People hate work. And yet, they prepare themselves so well for that work that they hate. You see, we, 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 um, we cannot see the blessing of staying with the father just like this prodigal's brother. He has forgotten and he has forfeited a lot of blessings to be with the Father. But again, our focus is not to that prodigal's brother. Our focus is here on this prodigal, prodigal's father. The father who had, who had supplied <coughs> the blessings of his children and his supply is overflowing. Overflowing. Uh, only that this son realized later on. Again, <coughs> um, this prodigal son really came to his senses at one moment it just struck him the, rea the reality of the foolishness that he has done in verse number 17 notice verse number 17 he said how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and i perish with hunger it's like him saying uh, it's like him saying that in my father's house there is bread of constant supply. What a fool I am. Now, because of that, he decided to return to his father. Whatever, you know, is going to happen, he has to receive it, to accept whatever, whatever the father would say to him. 
All he needs to do is humble himself and return to his father. And soon, just soon, he discovered that his father was waiting to give him a lavish, lavish welcome. He did not expect that. He, he expected that, oh, there will be a great sermon here. There will be, you know, a lot of um, um, uh, scolding here. Uh, what he has done is, what the, the prodigal son has done is really deserve all the punishment, you know, in human um, perspective. And that's what also he is expecting. But he already uh, conditioned himself to expect the worst. Expect the worst. That when he comes to his father and his father will not accept him, he, his father will not consider him to be a member of the family or to be uh, called a son, but it doesn't matter to him. All he needs is just to be a servant to his father. Just to be with his father and work for his father and not considering himself to be a son anymore, just be there and work for his father just like any other servants. That's what his goal, to be just like any other servant. But he is not even sure that his father will, will, will give him that privilege to be serving there. But little did he know that the father was preparing to, for his return. And here, our title tonight is um, about the supply of his father. And we entitled it God's Overflowing Supply. I mentioned in our Sunday school this morning about the, uh, our God who is our faithful provider. Our Lord and our God, he supplies our need he gives us what we need and He protects us. And again, um, we talk about um, trust. We have to put our full reliance upon our God. We have to put our trust upon our Lord. Not in anything that we can see in this world, not in the ability or us, our strength uh, for the young people. Uh, you, you sometimes rely on your strength, rely on your parents, rely on the stability of your home, uh, rely on all these things but not God. And that is what we are trying to um, um, to make sure that our trust, the confidence of our heart must not be placed on anything, material things in this world. The confidence that we have in our heart Amen. must be placed upon God and Amen. God alone. Amen. We have to make sure that um, it is there in our heart that we will only trust in the Lord Amen. and the Lord will be our supplier. Yes, we work every day. We work hard. But at the end of the day, our supplier is God. You see, the fact that in our Lord Jesus Christ, um, He is called the bread of life. The Lord Jesus is called the bread of life. And we have all that we need, not just for time, but for all eternity. The Lord Jesus Christ is our supplier. Notice the, the prodigal son's mind here considering these things. And he said, oh, I am such a fool, foolish person. 
in my father's house there is a lot of food and everyone you know have plenty of food more than what they need and that's what he said here in my father's house there is bread enough and to spare and now he got up in the morning every time he gets up in the morning and go to work because no one will give him food unless he works but even though he works he's still not giving food and what what he feels every single morning is he craves for the husk you know that what's the husk that's the food for the pigs the food for the pigs and that's what he craved in the morning he would fain to eat the husk that's that's foolishness really that's foolishness why i should stay here where in my father's house everyone there that works for my father had enough food and to spare and now i'm eating this husk he craves every morning because he doesn't eat much food during the day and when he wakes up in the morning he loves to go to work why he loves to go to work it's not because he loves the work he loves the pig's food because that pig's food is the only one that can fill his uh stomach he went very low remember he was the son he was very rich his father is rich i will tell you a lot of christians today although they are the children of god and yet they are very poor in their mind our father is so rich our god is so rich and why you feel you are poor you see our god has an overwhelming overflowing supply and again because the lord jesus that we are serving is the bread of life himself in john 6 verse 35 <coughs> john 6 35 said and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst john chapter 6 verse number 48 i am the bread of life you see that he repeated this and repeated this this fact that he is indeed the bread of life i am the bread of life your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die i am the living bread which came down from heaven if any man eat of this bread he shall live forever and the bread that i will give is my flesh which i will give um for the life of the world you see what was the supply that awaited the prodigal son if only he would return home what was that supply what is that overflowing supply um that god has for every child of his and again what kind of welcome does god give to the sinner if only the person will turn to the lord if only the person will come to god i'll tell you you just don't realize the blessings that god has prepared for you they just don't realize this that the lord is so gracious and the lord has an over 
flowing supply. That again, he said, uh, in many occasions in the Bible, they said that there shall be no room enough to receive it. A blessing that you do not even expect that would come upon your life. A lot of people that bless the God and they do not expect it. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Things that you do not know. Tonight, let us take a look at this and answer these three questions. And let's take a look at this from verse number 20 of our text in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. My friend, this is a gesture of welcome. And this welcome is a welcome of grace. Because this son has, does not deserve any good thing from the father. After he had wasted all the money, after he had he slept with a lot of um, you know uh, prostitutes, after he had used all the money that was hard-earned money from, from the father, and now he is going to come and, 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 and try to extract another set of money uh, amount so that he can you know continue his lavish uh, or, or notorious living that, that that is that is not acceptable and again the father made the brother saw it that this is not good this is not good but again you will find here in this verse number 20 that this welcome really is a welcome of grace you know, grace grace is given to those people who do not deserve it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, right. And that is what happened here to this person. Right. He does not deserve any good thing when he comes, no expectations. But wow, it blew his mind. How a great blessing awaited him when he just arrived to the father's house. We learned that again for people who have uh, who went backsliding and they, 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 they returned into the father's house. The father, just like what he sees in this prodigal son, he sees us when we come to him from our backsliding. And, and the, the God of heaven who had, um, who had uh, compassion upon that prodigal son, he is the God of heaven also that had compassion upon everyone that returned to God. Those people that will come unto the Lord. And the Lord our God will run to meet where you are. To meet you where you are. The Lord will not wait until you arrive church. That is the, another, another situation, another lesson that we ought also to understand. That these people will not run to our church. To be reconciled to God. It's supposed to be us going where they are. And finding where they are and bring them to the fellowship of God's family. That's supposed to be our job. Because if you, if you just look at the parallel, I mean, as, as an example here, if you look at just this as an example, the father, when he sees the repentant child, he ran out to meet the child. I will tell you, my friend, there will be a lot of people in, the, in this place in Oakland. There will be a lot of people that 
that are repenting from their sins, from their drunkenness, from their drug addictions, from their pornography addictions, from all the sins that you can imagine of. These people, they, they are ripe for the harvest. They are ready for, for the Lord's working in their lives. But God sees it. We ought, we ought supposed to be, we ought to be there where they are. We ought to run and meet them where they are. This is what happened when God sees this prodigal son coming with repentant heart and God saw it, then he ran and met that child on the way. Not waiting for the child to arrive to the, to the household of the father. And I can see there that this is example. This is what, what God wants us to see. That this is supposed to be our job. We are supposed to be the ones to run. There are people in the houses that are, you know, having remorse of the sins that they have done. There, there are people in the houses right here in Oakland, in Mount Eden, or in the neighboring suburbs. People who are ready for the harvest. People who are ready uh, for the work of God in their lives. But we are staying here in the four corners of this building. It's not fitted to the situation here of the you know loving father we are supposed to be a church that is loving souls and go out where they are meeting them where they are and again um, we learn that the father runs to meet this prodigal son and again this meeting um, is a welcome of mercy and grace it is a meeting of welcome that await uh, every repentant sinner. Just as the Father, God the Father, was waiting for the prodigal children, and our God is watching for each one that will come and turn to God. And then He ran out to embrace that person. So it's the same thing with God our Father. Our Lord waits for the return of those who have left him. You see, our God is a merciful God and his mercy is also an overflowing mercy of forgiveness and again, that's another um, characteristics of God, characteristic of God that he has given to us that even though we do not deserve his mercy. He has given us what we need. What we need. Now again, we understand that um, the Lord Jesus Christ, He has a broken heart when He sees these people that do not know God. It's really sad if these people will not know God, and God plays and uh, He places He places um, like a, a, a watchtower here, or He places a um, uh, lighthouse in this area and the people are still groping in darkness not knowing where they go they do not know all these people that do not know God all these people that do not know uh, when they die they go to heaven all of these people they are groping in darkness they do not know what to believe they do not know where to put their trust on they do not know whether they will go to heaven when they die. 
They have a lot of questions in their minds, but they do not know where to ask the question. And they do not know also which question is the right, uh, which answer is the right answer to their questions. And we, these people really living in darkness. But the reason why God has placed us here to be the lighthouse so that these people will be guided where to go. It is our job to proclaim to them the gospel. And when we proclaim the gospel, we do not point to the church, but we point to them where to go. And we point to them to Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that they need to go to. Because it is the Lord Jesus is, you know, the Savior. Our church is not a Savior. That is why, you know, John the Baptist made this very clear. The Baptist is not the Savior. But we know who is the Savior. Amen. And our Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen. We point the people to Christ. We do not point the people to Baptist Church. But we point the people to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You see, the Bible Baptist Church does not take away any sin. That's right. It's the Lord Jesus yep. Christ. Yeah. 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 You see? But it grieves the heart of the Lord Jesus when he sees these people do not know where to go. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It said, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. That is what he sees. The Lord sees people. And when God sees people, he sees souls. That's what he sees. I'll tell you, my friend, I hope that we can have the eyes of the Lord. That when we see people, we do not see people as people. We see people as souls. In need of the gospel. In need of salvation. In the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it, it, you know, the welcome of grace. And that's what God wants to happen to every person that we meet. To have that welcome of grace and reconciliation. And here you can find that there was this, the, the son received a kiss from the father, a kiss of reconciliation. Verse number 20, go back to our text, Luke chapter 15. Verse number 20, the Bible says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This, this, this. A father received back the prodigal son with kisses. We, we, know, we do not know now what's the significance of that in those times. And probably, probably, that gesture of a father is very telling. That, you know, we understand that this father, uh, probably, that is the way, uh, that is the way to accept um, a repentant child back to the home. That is a way where uh, the people in those times, maybe in their customs, a way of forgiveness or reconciliation or acceptance. We do not know, but it's very, very easy to, to see the story here. The father 
kiss the son. And, 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 and here we see this boy, this uh, younger son, um, who had been estranged from his father for a quite, you know, significant number of um, um, perhaps years. And, and, and this son being forgiven and being reconciled to his father <coughs> is a picture of every person that got saved and being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ our Lord because it is the Lord Jesus Christ who reconciled us to God and that's what again um, we have that in the morning I mentioned this verse but maybe I will mention it again later on but in Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 12 Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 12 we see here um, um, the, the Bible says that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now. Now, this is the difference between then and now. Before we got saved, we have no hope, we have no God in this yep. world, but now in Jesus Christ that you receive, yep. that Jesus Christ our Savior, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is, this is the verse for us. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You see, my friend, because of sin, we, we were strangers. Yeah. You know, separated, strangers yeah. from God. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made nigh. We are, we are made close to God because of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, what a wonderful, wonderful supply that the Father had for His Son. And again, um, first you find that the Father just waited. He was just waiting. And our Father in Heaven, even at this very moment, still waiting for the people. He is still waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe God is still waiting for your brother or sister. Maybe God is still waiting for your parents to come to God. Maybe God is still waiting for your children, unsaved children, to come to God. But our God is waiting and waiting and, and waiting. Waiting to give your loved ones a welcome kiss. And again, welcome kiss, probably a gesture of forgiveness, a gesture of pardon, a gesture of reconciliation. And that is, you know, how God receives everyone. You know, the moment that we got saved, we are so dirty in our Christian life. We are so spiritually dirty. Just like this guy, this prodigal son, the moment he arrived, you know what happened to him? No shoes, so dirty. Perhaps he sleeps there together with the... I would not say the word, you know, the dirt of the pigs. And you can imagine how stinky this boy might be. And the father kissed him. And you can imagine the clothes. If he does not have enough food for his stomach, he doesn't care about his skin. He doesn't care what, what he puts on on his skin. <coughs> that is the least of his concern. What he looks forward to every single day is love. Something, even little, something to feed his hunger. Mm -hmm. 
So you can just imagine how many days maybe this boy or this son there's no um, you know um, proper shower and nothing. And the hair maybe is greasy and, and, and long and maybe the you know dandruff is over his head. And the skin itchiness and, and all those um, uh, skin disease. And the smell. And yet the father kissed him. The father forgive him. The father pardon him. Wow. In verse number 22, you will find the robe of righteousness. Put it on him. Put it on him. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Wow, the best robe. That's what happened to us when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were so dirty, and God has given us the best robe, the robe of righteousness of God. Amen. That's what happened to you when you come to Jesus Christ. You will be, you know, clothed with best robe, the robe of righteousness. And this is what happened here. The father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. You see, this is a great blessing beyond the prodigal son's expectation. He never, never expected this to happen. And what a waste of his life if he stayed there in the world, away from the Father. A lot of people, they have wasted their lives away from God. They stayed in darkness. They stayed in where they are. Why? Because just like this prodigal son, he did not realize how beautiful it is to be with the Father until he arrived there at the Father's house. And that's whoa, it blew his mind. That is, that's why, you know, um, a lot of things that we have not seen yet, a lot of things that we have not seen yet with our eyes, what God has prepared for us. Amen. The Bible says, I have not seen, nor ear, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, what God had prepared for them that love him. There's a lot of blessings, my friend, that you have not seen yet. There's a lot of blessings that we are yet to see. And God will unfold it one at a time, one at a time, until we will arrive to that magnificent day, that great day of the Lord, when we will all sing the glory of Jesus Christ. And every single moment we praise His name. Right here, this is just a glimpse. This is nothing in comparison to, to the meeting that we will have with the Lord Jesus, the worship that we will have with the Lord Jesus. This meeting right here, this worship right here, right now, is nothing in comparison. But at, yet, at least this is a glimpse. This is a glimpse. When we come to heaven, when we get to heaven, it's all the Word of God is there. We have the Word of God in here. But when we get to heaven, this is the written word of God. Yeah. But when we see Jesus Christ, we will see the living word of God. In the person of Jesus Christ himself. Right. Yeah. You see, 
um, the robe of righteousness and also the ring of sonship. Go again and see this verse in verse number 22. Luke 15, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Again, the father said to his servants, Put a ring on his finger. This son was prepared to be a hired servant. And again, for his son to come back and just to be a hired servant does not satisfy the father. That is why a lot of people from darkness, um, they live in darkness and, and, and filthiness and unrighteousness in their lives. When they turn to God, when they come to God, that is where, you know, um, they will realize how loved they are by God. <coughs> how loved they are by God. And they will just realize it. A lot of people now, they hate God. They hate God not because God did something wrong to them. Yeah. They hate God because they are ignorant about yeah. God. And some people, they just hated God without a cause. Because that is what the Bible says. That they hated Christ without a cause. But here you see that this son... This son was God's, uh, was the father's son. And he must be reinstated as a son. Because that was the intention, the father placed a ring um, on his son as a symbol of his sonship. And again, that is a wonderful um, um, a reality that um, before we were God's enemies. And because of our, you know, humble acceptance of Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, we become friends of God. We become friends of God and God's grace was given to us and the Lord has made us His <coughs> children. In 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1, Beloved, behold what manner of love that the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now that we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become children of God. Amen. Just behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. John chapter 1, verse number 12. John chapter 1, verse number 12. <laughs> But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Amen. Only when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become children of God. Yeah. This, this son here, when he receives that, um, um, when he receives that um, ring, that is the ring of sonship. For us today, when you receive Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is like our ring of sonship. The Lord Jesus that we receive in our heart. Again, this is what uh, the plan of God the Father. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be reconciled to Him. Another thing that we can find in verse number 22 is this. The shoes of service. The shoes of service. 
Luke chapter 15 again, verse number 32. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The prodigal son here had been, had been in the service of the devil for most of his days. He is the, he is the servant of darkness. He is the servant of the devil. This prodigal son left the father and went into a far country and there wasted all his substance with riotous living. And this riotous living, the brother explained, what is that? He lives with prostitutes. He used his money with prostitutes and used up all his substance. <clears throat> and you see, <clears throat> when when this prodigal son used up all his money, he was serving the devil. Yeah. And as I said, serve the devil, I will tell you what he found. Because so many children of God, they, have, they don't realize this. That the devil is a cruel master. This son left his father and went there and thought, no, he did not serve the devil. No, he is. And he did. Yep. He was serving the devil by living his life, that um, an unholy life, life that is so obnoxious, a life that is wasted, and that is not the purpose of God of our life to be wasted. God wants us to be, um, you know, fruitful. That is why God wants us to abide in Him, and and and, and we and we abide in Him, and He abides in us. I think that is in John chapter fifteen. I'll see verse number one. I'll see verse one. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, He purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. You know here, God wants us to abide and stay with him. This prodigal son left the father. And in effect, he served the devil. And he found out that the devil was a cruel master. And as a result, he had lost everything. He had lost everything that, when, you know, he went out full, he came back empty. Empty. Totally empty. And you see, what he brought back after his righteous living, he brought back to his father's house. What he brought back is rugs and dirty clothes on him. Nothing else. It's so, you know, um, 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 dirty looking guy when he returned to his father. He lost everything, including his um, 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 good clothes and, and sandals that he walked in. But now he was going to be a loving son to his father. I believe he has changed. 
I believe that he he no longer think of wandering around and 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 staying away from the father. I think um, he had changed completely, and he wants to serve his father, and he wants to be a son that is well pleasing to his father. And that you know you can find that 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 is his desire, because his determination beforehand, his determination is that when he realized this, he's eating this husk, he's still hungry, no food, uh, proper food, no clothing, no shower, nothing. Uh, but when he realized this, oh, how, in my father's house, so much food, and everyone's taking, you know, extra food uh, with them to take to their family's home. And, and he realized that he is in bad shape, and he decided to himself. He already made determination in himself and said, I will go to my father. And, and I will say to my father, now this is not yet happening because that is his plan. He's planning to go to his father. This is, uh, I will go to my father and I will say to my father. So he humbled himself and, and, and said, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and against your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Therefore, make me as one of your hired servants. He rehearsed himself, maybe walking back, and started his journey back to the Father, and walking and walking and walking, he memorized this line. He memorized this, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. And he repeated this and re-repeated this. He already conditioned his mind. He's already waiting whatever the judgment of his father. He will just accept it. If the father will accept him to work for him, that would be a great victory to him. That's, that's his goal, to be just worker to his father. And he, does, he doesn't have to be considered as a son, as long as he can work for his father. Because in his father, his father is so gracious. His father is so, um, you know, uh, he's a good employer. He's, he's giving um, um, good food and extra um, money for, for his workers. And he's just a good employer. So he realized that and he rehearsed himself, rehearsed himself. Father, I have sinned against heaven and the sign. And I'm no worthy, no more worthy to be called a son. Then when he arrived there, you know what happened? The moment he arrived, the father ran to him and kissed him. But again, even though his father kissed him, he still, you know, said his whatever he had said, whatever he had prepared beforehand. He was already determined to, to say this to the father. Because sometimes, you know, if other, other children, uh, when, when they see the gesture of the father like that, oh, oh, uh, everything is fine. Uh, I, okay, I don't have to say sorry here. No, he's not like that. That prodigal son is not like that. He already sold out, you know, to God. He already surrendered his life to God. It's no longer about him. It's no longer about, you know, his vision or vision. It's no longer about his needs. It's no longer about his wants. It's all about his father now. It's all about his father. That when his father embraced him and kissed him and, and, and commanded all the servants to come and, and, and give him the, the things that he needs, he still said the word, Father, 
I have seen against heaven and in thy sight. I am no, no longer worthy to be called thy son. My friend, I can see the reality of his remorse. I can see the, the genuinity of his, um, the genuineness of his repentance. His repentance is, I will tell you, I remember, um, I remember what's that name, um, um, Charles Spurgeon, when these pastors that sinned against the ministry and they, they brought um, um, foolish things and, and, and caused, the, caused, of, um, caused the, the ministry of Jesus Christ into shame and they stopped, um, they, 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 they stopped doing those foolish things and they wanted to get back to the ministry then um, Charles Spurgeon said I am not really uh, keen of putting these pastors back to the ministry. I'm not keen to put them back to the ministry until I can see, you know, that their repentance is as notorious as their sin. So that is uh, really, um, you know, uh, Charles Fortune is good in that, but you see the truth in that. There must be proof that you are really sorry of what you have done. There must be this proof of repentance. There must be repentance that is genuine, that is coming from the heart. And I will tell you, my friend, that is the kind of repentance that this prodigal son displayed towards his father. He did not, you know, he did not refrain himself from asking forgiveness even though the father already showed forgiveness and acceptance and pardon and yet he still said that because he was really sorry of what he has done yeah. that is my friend is what God <coughs> is doing to those people who come to him the shoes of yeah. service now he can serve the father with joy he can serve the father with gladness and that is exactly what God wants in us you serve God with joy you serve God with gladness but the sad thing that the, the, the older Christian the, the people who, who stay in the church they serve God without joy they serve God without gladness but you see some new Christians arrive and then they are so joyful in their service they are so joyful in the things of God why? just like the prodigal son they have just gotten that blessing of forgiveness and pardon and reconciliation and yet the old Christian in the church okay yeah is not really excited about the word is no longer excited about the ministry is no longer excited about winning souls because to them it is routine. To them it is just a normal. To them it is just a usual. But to those people who have just gotten into the family of God, they rejoice in their heart, even in little things. They rejoice in the Lord. And that is exactly what God wants in us. Yeah. To see our joy. To see our, yeah. our gladness. Because thou servest not. Can you find that verse, brother? Because thou servest not. Now you can find it. Deuteronomy. I know it's in Deuteronomy, but I cannot I cannot remember which verse. 
Because thou servest not um, the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things and, and, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. The reason why people of God will suffer because they serve God not with joy, not with gladness. Gladness and joy departed from their service. That's not supposed to be. We serve God with all the energy that we have. We serve God with all. We stare at the people. If there are people who are sad, people who are, are discouraged, we should be the one to, you know, lighten up the mode and make them joy, joyful in the service of God. Because that is what God requires in His church. The people should be joyful in the service of God. And that, because if not, then take it. Take it. Hunger in nakedness and in want of all things. That's what you want? I don't want that. I don't want anything like that. I want God's blessing. I want God's abundant blessing. I want God's favor. I want God's provision. I want God's protection and, and all the things, the good things. That's all I want from God. But you can get it by taking this one formula. Serve God with gladness and joyfulness of heart. You can have it. You can have it. No matter how dull the situation or the, the, the ministry, it's so routine. No problem. Whenever we go there, there is joy. There is gladness. Arouse people into singing and make people, you know, become joyful because we are serving the true and living God. Our God is alive. We are not serving a dead God. Yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ is alive, so yeah. therefore we ought also to rejoice. You see, second to the last, verse number 23 here. Verse number 23. The cup of satisfaction. This is the body cup. This is the abundant blessing that this guy did not even expect. He was just expecting that no, he will be you know, the father will just look at him and while he said that word that he rehearsed, oh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and thy side. I'm no longer worthy to be called thy side. Make me one of my hard servants. And the father will just look at him and then walk away and then will tell him, look after him. And then one servant will grab him, come in, come in. And put him in one of the rooms of the servants and then give him, oh, here's your clothes. And here's the soap. And here's your, your go to shower. <laughs> he expects that. That's all he expects. He did not expect all this abundant, overflowing blessing from the Father. When he came and arrived there with all these blessings of golden ring and the shoes and the robes the best robes in town and look at here a fatted calf a fatted calf verse number 23 Luke 15 verse 23 and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat 
and be merry. Wow, Father God. I don't know if my brother Titing knows the story uh, of my grandfather. My grandfather owns um, a good piece of land, large land. Now we divided, we subdivided it, and we have our part in the family of my um, siblings, of my father, my parents, and then we have a good chunk there also of land. But that land before was full, complete, is all owned by my grandfather. And my grandfather, according to my brother, Brother Roy, he made he told this story, and it's funny, it's a very funny story, because I did not realize, I did not know that. I was young. When my father, my grandfather died, I was about maybe two years old or less. And then when my grandmother died, I was less than, I was less than three, I believe, because I have no memory of any, both of them. So, no memories of them. I remember their house, but we live in a in a plaza, I mean in a uh, plaza area, and they live in a little bit of the you know foot of the mountain going up, and they own this vast land, and my grandfather uh, owned like you know cattle, lots of cows, lots of uh, bulls there, and this is the story of my brother, brother Roy. And he said, he remembers that when my father will visit our grandfather, it's like a show off, but Roy was just, hmm, that's not, that's not right. When, when my grandfather saw my father arriving to the house, and he will be, oh, oh, son, come in. Uh, he has his old way of calling my father. Oh, son, come here. You know what? I, I feel hungry today. Um, can you kill one of the cows there? Because I feel hungry. And that's, that's too much. You are hungry and you kill a cow. <laughs> and my, my brother said, maybe out of his joy to see my father, maybe my grandfather, because my, my, my father lived a little bit far on and busy with his own life and his business and family and all that, and maybe frequently, or infrequently visited my, my grandfather and the moment he sees that, he is <coughs> overwhelmed with joy to see my, my father. And he's, you know, demanding that, you know, kill, kill some cows there because I feel hungry, son. I want to eat cows. <laughs> I would understand if it is a, just a goat or a chicken, but to kill a cow because you are hungry, that is not appropriate. And you see, um, this is what happened to this. And this is, this is in the proper way, because this is really a feast. The whole community is invited to this celebration, because this son was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found. And that is a great celebration. And that's indeed what happened here. The father said to the servants, bring hither the fatted calf, verse 23, and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Again, the supply of bread is overflowing. In the Father's house, there is no scarcity. There is always supply. That is what God said in, in, in Psalm chapter 84, verse number 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. 
No good thing, notice this word, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Just live a life that is honorable to God. Just live a life that is righteous in the sight of God. Then God promised that there is no good thing that he will withhold. All the good things that God prepares for you, he will give it to you. All of that. In Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse number 25, Psalm 37, verse 25, it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Never that a righteous person, you know, um, live his life righteous in the sight of God, and then eventually the children will ask people for meat or bread. The children of this person are secure in the future. The Lord will secure the blessing of the children if the parents are righteous in the sight of God. That is, this is God's formula. You want your children to be blessed in the future? You want your children to be secure in the future? That they, are, they, they, become to, they will be the head and not the tail? They will be the, the one that will lend and not to borrow? This is God's formula. Be righteous in the sight of God and your children will reap the blessing. I have been young and now I'm old. Uh, yet have I not been uh, have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed baking bread? Lastly, number seven. Verse number 23 and verse number 24. The joy of fellowship. The joy of fellowship. He said, Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us and notice this word let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry in other words there is fellowship and joyful fellowship and again we hear the father saying these words Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us. And again in verse number 24, you will find, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they, in other words, there is this sweet, sweet fellowship re being reconciled to the Father. This is the thing that had been um, missing all those times that he went to the world. That he went to, to sinfulness of the world. And this son just realized it. What a blessing it is to come to the Father. And that is also what we are experiencing today. There are blessings that, you know, I will tell you, the blessings in your life today are the very blessings that those people outside in the family of God are missing. They miss every blessing that we receive from the Lord. Today you receive the word of God and they don't. Next week we will, by the grace of God, if you are still alive, next week we will receive again the word of God and fellowship of God and they don't. Every single day they live their lives apart from the Lord. And they have no hope of the future. They have no God in this world. And they do not see it, but they also did not see the blessings that we have. Amen. 
There is a great blessing. Even coming to church alone is already a great blessing Amen. that God has given to us. See, the words, let us, it is a fellowship. And the word they, they speak, my friend, of fellowship. The boy was now back with his father, eating with him, eating and fellowshipping with his father. And they were together rejoicing and, and rejoicing in a restored, renewed, and holy fellowship. Never before he experienced being away from the father. Every single day he wakes up in the morning and all this cussing and all this um, swearing and all this bad mouthing and yelling and, and, and cursing God is what he heard in those environments. And he's fed up with that, but he has no power because he lost his money, he, he has no power, and he is under the mercy of these people to give him a little bit of food. And it's because of that he has no food and he wants the pig's food to feed his hunger. And now he is back in a renewed holy fellowship with God the Father. You see, my friend, if you are here this evening and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come to Him. You know, God is calling you to come to Him. Respond that call. Accept Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. Say to the Lord, Father, I know that I am a sinner. Lord, I believe I am a sinner. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross to pay for that sin that I have done. Lord, by faith, I open my heart, come into my life, and save my soul. And once you do, God said, if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you come to the Lord Jesus with great sin behind you, for, forget your sin because God is willing to forgive you. The Lord our God will accept you and He will forgive you of all your sins. All you need to do is humble yourself and come to God <coughs> and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you are here this evening and you are a Christian, I believe, my friend, um, <coughs> in the family of God, in the church of God, in our, in our Christian walk with God, there is always um, there is always provision of food and to spare. The Lord will bless you with everything that you need and everything that you want. The Lord will give you all that blessing. All you need to do is, you know, rejoice in the Lord. Be happy in God because He is, he is um, a God that loves the worship the free um, offering and worship of his people. And he does not want people to be coming to church grumpy and not happy. He wants you to be happy. And God wants you also to serve him with joy. You see, if you're a Christian today, renew your commitment to the Lord. Amen. And give your life to God. Amen. And if you are not a Christian today, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And be saved today. This power is prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, uh, for 
your word tonight. Thank you for the great example of this prodigal son and the loving father. Amazing, amazing uh, loving father. And oh God, that is you to our lives. Lord, you are that loving father to us. You are that father that uh, have overflowing, abundant blessing that you have given to us. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for accepting us into your family. And because of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become your son by faith. We become your children by faith. Now, Lord, bless your people. And thank you, Father, for um, your uh, graciousness and your mercy upon us. Now, Lord, I do not know the heart of these people tonight. I do not know where they are at in their Christian life. And I do not know, Lord, if there's anyone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior. I pray, O oh God, tonight that you will speak to these people. That, Lord, you will save the lost. Save them, O oh God, who need salvation in this room tonight. And I pray also that those who are saved, that they will serve you. And they will serve you with joy and gladness. Now, Father, speak to the hearts of these people as I give this little invitation. My friend, you are here tonight. And if you are here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you come and, and speak to the Lord and, and, and tell the Lord that you want to, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we will help you. I can help you. I can help you to receive Jesus Christ. If that is your desire tonight. Anyone here? Just raise your hand and I will pray for you. No one is looking around. Don't worry about people because they will not be looking around. Only me will see it because I want to pray for you. You want to be saved. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Please raise your hand. Amen. Thank you, sister. I see that hand. Please put it down. Put it down. Thank you. Anyone? Anymore? I see hands. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your honesty and um, I will be praying for you. Now, anymore, anyone here? Uh, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be sure that I have Him in, in my heart, but I do not know how. Please, Pastor, please pray for me. Is that you this evening? I will pray for you. Anyone? Anyone? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, many hands. Anymore? You want to receive Jesus Christ, but you do not know how. I will be there to help you. I will make sure that you will understand it by the grace of God. The Holy Spirit of God will help us to make you understand the simple plan for God's salvation. And anyone? Any more? Any more hand? Any more? Amen? Now, this is for you, Christians. I understand that you did not raise your hand because you already received Jesus Christ. I understand that. But tonight, tonight you may be here tonight you're a christian you've been you've been saved and you're you are serving the lord but you have no joy you lack the joy in your service and you want to renew that joy you want to renew your service to god you want to um step up in the next level in your christian life and you just run out that joy would you come to God, to God and, and ask Him, Lord, please renew my strength. Lord, help me that 
I will be living the rest of my life for you, uh, dedicating my life to you. If that is you this evening, come, come. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. If that is you this evening, come to the altar and give it unto the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the way, sister. That's the way, brother. And anyone, before we close this in a word of prayer, let us come to the Lord. Let us serve the Lord with gladness and, you know, joyfulness of heart. Because that is what God requires. He wants us to be joyful in our service. And again, if that is you, that is your desire tonight, let us come. Come to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, give me that joy. Lord, give me that um, um, singleness of our heart, Lord, to serve you. And bless me, Lord, with all blessing, because I want to be a blessing to others. If that is you tonight, please come. You want to be a blessing to others? Come. Come. Give it unto the Lord, because only God can use you for others. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much for that. Amen, brother. Thank you. Come. Come. We have a space here, and before we close in prayer, we will give it unto the Lord. You want your families, your loved ones that are unsaved, will be saved? Bring it unto the Lord. Lord, I have my loved ones that are not saved yet. Please, Lord, help them to understand the gospel. Make them understand and receive Jesus Christ. If that is you tonight, come. Come. Give it unto the Lord. Do not allow. Do not allow that that you will, your loved ones will die and go to place that you don't want them to go. Intervene before God. Come to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, please do not allow that death will come to my loved ones without them hearing the gospel. Please, Lord, save them. That is your tonight. Come. Amen. You want to be blessed by God? You want God's blessing in your life? Then, my friend, the altar is yours. The altar is yours. This is the place of blessing. Because God will speak to you. Will speak to you of what you want in your life. And He will present it to you. And make you, you know, a, a, a Christian that is useful and effective in the work of the ministry. Amen. Now let's continue to pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. <coughs> thank you for the blessing and um, the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the working of the Holy Spirit in the midst of these people. Oh God, please give them these people's desire. Give them, Lord, their desire. Save, Lord, save the lost. And draw your people unto your service. Because the world out there is looking for someone to stand in the gap. It's looking for someone to run and meet them where they are so that they can be led into the household of God. Lord, I know that that is us you are calling. I know that that is us you want us to run to them where they are. Please, Lord, use these people. Use all of us, O oh God, for the salvation of souls. And bless, Lord, these people. Thank you, Lord, for the, uh, for the um, uh, heart of these people. Thank you, Lord, for their uh, sincerity in coming to the altar to bring their petitions and prayer um, to you, O oh God, because they believe and we believe 
that it's only you, O Lord, who can give us the things that we need. Bless these people, O God. Bless them in their heart's desire. And also, Lord, even those people who are still in their views, Lord, you know their need and you know their desire. Please, Lord, give them also their heart's desire. And bless them with all blessing. And thank you, Father, for this um, people who have made this commitment tonight. For people who renewed their commitment, I pray, Lord, that you will give them the um, renewed strength and that they will be the more effective in the work of the ministry and that all of us will rejoice together because of the fruit and the abundant overflowing blessing that you have promised to all of us. Bless all our people, O oh God. Bless the people of the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's all sad. Let's uh, take that final minute.